Podcast, or welcome to Podcast Belljoy, episode 133, COVID-riven Russell here, and uh, it's just Ian Thou, Gareth, tonight. How are we, sir? Yeah, I'm well, Russ. How are you? Uh, I've been better. I can't lie. I can't lie. Um, if this is um, if this is what COVID is like when you're fully jabbed and boosted and everything else, then I'd hate to... I'd hate to have it when uh, you've left yourself a little bit unprepared. Uh, so it's not been nice, actually, and and has caused all sorts of disruptions, uh, which is why it's uh, uh, well as well as well as work, curse of the podcasting classes. Um, why it's just uh, us two, although uh, we'll hear from Hugh Davis a little bit later on, as well as the other Bundesliga podcast, English language Austrian football podcast. But uh, yeah, I've been better. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, a bit nervous and excited and. All of those other things ahead of Thursday, but yeah, well, generally. Yeah, in one respect, it feels a bit crass to be kind of talking about football with the way the world is, and obviously with Ukraine kind of in our little pot, do we call it? I don't really know what the the, the wording is for these uh, playoff games, um, the potential to have been playing them this week, uh, or next week technically. Uh, it hasn't brought it any closer home what the what, what's going on there um, but it has meant that obviously there's been a, a, a bit of uncertainties to whether there's going to be a game played and when and who's going to be who's going to be our opposition in the in the second game I think that actually does have an impact possibly in how Page might approach a starting 11 and you know whether he maybe plays Bale or maybe leaves him on the bench perhaps I've got some thoughts on that but um, it's a shame we're talking about the game in, in the context of, uh, of what else is going on in the, in the Ukraine. Yeah absolutely and it's, it's a strange sort of combination of feelings isn't it to know that there are things in the world much much bigger than football at a time when one of the biggest football games that we'll ever hopefully enjoy is, is happening but even even that pales in significance and I'm sure everyone will be you know, mindful of that. And it's a lovely touch by the FAW to be, as I understand it, take-ins of the, the, the following game in this window, the, the friendly, that could be uh, at the time of, of recording, uh, either Scotland, Sweden, or I think it's the Czech Republic, you know, will be dedicated to helping the, the relief effort and the refugee effort, which I think is a great touch. Because ultimately, you know, if the game's going to be played, it's got to be played, you know, in the right way. I mean, you've got to, the, the players certainly, the coaching teams, and I suppose to a certain extent the fans have to put as much of that to one side, to the backs of minds, as is possible. But it, it feels like it's more of a cup final than perhaps it might have done had we have had the player final to play only a couple of days after, in which case, you know, that's now going to be back in potentially June. It means you can just really kind of focus all on this game and doesn't have to manage the squad in particular those players like Bale like Ramsey who haven't got a huge amount of minutes under the belt doesn't have to manage that to anywhere near the the same extent as he might have done what do you reckon no I think that's that's probably right it is a kind of stranger in the sense that there won't be that one eye on Tuesday at all for all the kind of you know unpleasant reasons that we we've talked about but a that June seems distant, but also in the sense that we we still have got no idea what the sort of, well, both geopolitical and footballing circumstances will be by by then. So this Austria game does start to feel like something that's a bit bit more sort of isolated on its own. I suppose that sort of cup final feeling that you talk about. And, um, And yeah, I think for us going into that game with the headlines having been around Bale and Ramsey, fitness and match fitness, I suppose we are now talking in terms of those two players what can they give us on Thursday? And, and I don't think there'll be any question of them really being involved on the on the Tuesday. Um, 
on that, it would probably appear that Ramsey is a little bit more where we'd want him. He's played two or three games now. He's played nearly a whole game and scored today. You know, he's got a few matches under his belt. And of the two of them, he's tended to be the one who, particularly for a big game when we need him, can pull out that performance, even with limited sort of match time under his belt. I think over a period of years, Gareth Bale, when he turns up lacking match fitness, you can usually tell. So I think that's probably the, the bigger concern of the two. But for the first time in a long time, for all we've been talking about, the exciting possibilities of Johnson and Wilson in form and, and one or two other players, we now really are at the point where you know, we should hopefully be able to rely on those up-and-coming players if Bale can only give us a half or if we want to hold him back for a substitute appearance, say, you know, we do have options. And at the moment, options who are doing well at club level and are in, are in form. So um, I think probably, you know, in a purely footballing sense, that being a one-off game helps us at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Bale's not in the match squad for the Classico this evening. We're recording on the Sunday. Piers, that he's flown home tonight as well to join up the squad um, very helpfully on um, on Twitter one of these uh, flight tracking websites as far as I can tell um, Buzz Bonkath has been uh, <laughs> practically live tweeting the um, the route uh, of this, this plane that appears to be the sort of plane that he would be on I suppose to a certain extent you know we, we sort of say Paige can manage the squad it's probably a simple question isn't it it's like Gareth you, you do you want to start are you ready to start do you think you're able to He's probably not going to pretend he's fully fit and ready for 90 minutes if he isn't. So it's a question of, do we hold him back or do we see what we can get out of him? And then, you know, look what those options are. But like you said, it's it's time maybe for some of these players to, to step up a little bit, um, which I think is a nice, you know, it's a nice moment in time that maybe we will look back on if it does turn to pass that, he doesn't start and say Johnson does, for example, and puts in a real kind of match winning performance or gets a goal or whatever it might be. But two or three weeks ago, people are purring over, you know, Wilson's, you know, playing really, really well in a team that's just steamrolled the championship. Um, Brennan Johnson's continuing to play really, really well. And we said last time out, you know, it was great how all of that talk in January just didn't seem to phase him at all. He just put his head down and just kind of kept, kept on playing kept on turning in performances for all of that the closer the game comes you kind of go well, it'll be a big call man though <laughs> even if Bale isn't 100 percent and the other it's funny isn't it as, as that as that game comes into into really clear view for all of that positivity and confidence that we have in these players it suddenly feels to be a much bigger call the closer the game comes doesn't yeah. it well and there are two things there really for all of the positivity around wilson and, and johnson we are not yet at a point where in a massive game like this, if Bale's available, you put him on the bench as a, as a squad, as a, as a first starting 11. I, I just still don't see merit in, in that argument. You need big game players. You want experience. You're always going to want Gareth Bale to start if he can. If you then add to that the fact that Kiefer Moore can't play and that we probably therefore need him to play in that role he has done sometimes where he's a bit more of a, a focal point in, in the sort of middle of the attack up front or, or sort of um, sort of leading the line in, when he plays that role, then then it, it's all the more important that he, he be kind of as fit as possible and available. You know, when we've looked at other alternatives in attack, 
we've tried Tyler Roberts. I don't think any of us on this podcast have ever been that convinced by him as a sort of centre forward option for Wales. And beyond that, we're pretty we're pretty short of options. I mean, there's Harris, for example, but um, I think he's you know for all the positivity and the sort of roles that he might have played in in, in other circumstances. Certainly, if if Moore was available, I think we probably need him for this game with Kiefer Moore being injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll hear from the other Bundesliga boys, as I said, in a, in a bit, answering some questions um, that we and others, patrons, have put towards, uh, have put to them. Um, they've had a few dropouts as well from their squad that we'll come to. At the time of recording, we haven't been able to spot if there's been any call-ups, any replacements, but then I know they have a, you know, kind of like a you know league, uh, league programme today, this evening, to complete. So maybe that's, um, you know, their coach, uh, Ford, is waiting to see how that all Pans out, um, but the other big selection one for us then is of course Joe Morell's suspended. Uh, I've seen a few kind of selections, people on Twitter sort of suggesting that Ramsey sits in there with with Allen, which then kind of creates an opening for Wilson, and I can kind of see the logic there. But Ramsey in a two alongside Allen, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen, surely. No, I wouldn't have thought so, and we did, you know, we did go very attacking and find a, a, a role for Wilson in the, the Belarus game. But this is, you know, this is very different. You know, Austria are not Belarus. They're a decent team. They, you know, they've last few games and, and their form has picked up a bit. They play sort of 4-2-3-1. And we don't really want to go out there to get overrun in midfield. And both that club level going back years in his Arsenal days and and when it has been tried on this allocation for Wales we just look light in midfield when we try and play Ramsey deeper and we don't get the best out of him you know we know we know what his best role is for Wales it's in that number 10 role it's where you know in those games and okay they're a bit rare his appearances for, for us nowadays but he does come in and have big games playing that role and that's that's where he fits naturally back into this team if he's available the difficulty then is and the, I guess part of the reason it's tempting to look at well maybe we, we just put Wilson in there or go a bit more attacking is it's not obvious to see how you plug that gap left by Joe Morrell without maybe weakening ourselves considerably somewhere else I suppose the options basically are Ampadu comes into midfield alongside Joe Allen but then you've got issues at assuming we play the three centre halves what do we do Davis and Roden obviously but Chris Mepham is very, very short of first-team football this year. And is this the game? I suppose Ben Cabango is the option then, but he's played so little football for Wales, it's out of a game to chuck him in, albeit the fact he is playing a lot more regularly this year for Swansea. Failing that, we put Ampadu in the back three, as he had in one of the games um, in the previous doubleheader. But then who are you calling into the midfield if you want to have that second, more deep-line player? Is it Levitt again? But it's a big game to be chucking him into from the start. So... There are options. I just wonder if any of them are, are ideal. And, and that seems a strange thing to say, given that Joe Morrell is a, a League One player at Portsmouth. But, you know, he has proven his worth in that role. He's been one of those players who seems to be better when he has better players around him. We might notice his absence in a game like this. Yeah, Levitt scored for Dundee United. He's playing regularly up there. And I don't know, I, 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 I can see a scenario where he comes in and plays. He doesn't strike me as quite the the as, as tenacious as as Morel. Put him in there. I, I I can see that because it, he is playing that tempo, that rhythm. I think is going to be 
key because it's the first game we've had now in, in a number of months as well. You know, he has had chances previously, but Cabango also was playing. So it, I suppose it's it, it's good that it's the, the potential options are, are players that will have some fit, will, will be fit and will be in a, in a rhythm that is helpful. And I suppose when we might shade it and allow Ampadu to go into midfield is that Cabango and Roden will obviously have played together um, at Swansea. So, you know, there is a relationship there. Yeah, there are positive ways to sort of look at it, even if it's not ideal. I mean, if we're playing a sort of three at the back, there's this, yeah, the Joe Roden partnership, but Cabango has pretty much played across that back three for Swansea. So, so even if, you know, whichever, presume on the right of the three, you'd have to go. That wouldn't be completely alien to him. He's played there a couple of times in not, not too long ago. Um, Ampadu seems to have moved around positions at Venezia a bit this year. I think he played at central midfield today. And they lost 2 not to Sampdoria today. Um, and, you know, I guess if he's ha- had match experience this year playing midfield, that still feels to me like ultimately his best position, where we'd most want him for the future of this Welsh team. So, you know, yes, <laughs> for all we've said, it's this kind of one-off game. It's about the, the day, but you know, I still think in the long term, we're probably building a team where Ampadu plays in that central midfield role, particularly looking at life after Joe Allen. And, you know, therefore maybe, we, you know, I'm not saying we, we make that a big consideration for a one-off game like, like this, but... You know, maybe that's that sways my thinking a little bit on who I'd like to see where. Because the other thing to bear in mind, of course, is that um, you know their playmaker is David Alaba. He's a curious one, isn't he? Because a lot of people will be familiar with him more for his for his club. Um, you know, at, at Bayern previously, you know, Real Madrid now, rather than necessarily what they uh, have seen from him do at, 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 with Austria. Um, but he's played at thing. You know, played at like a full back. He's played sort of wide for, for for Munich in the past, whereas he's you know a bit more central. Well, he has license as well to create. Well, here as I said from the other Bundesliga and a bit as to what um, what what sort of role we should expect from now. But if we're going to be asking if he's going to be a bit more deep lying and he's going to be in more that sort of quarterback role, and we're playing Ramsey ahead of the holding two, you're going to want Ramsey to do a lot of closing down. Has he got the minutes under his belt to be able to do that as well as then be able to turn it on when we need him to? Hopefully, 80-odd minutes today against uh, Dundee is a, is a massive, massive um, boost for us, I think. Or, you know, are we going to want somebody with a little bit more mobility, a little bit more physical presence, like Ampadu, rather than Levitt, maybe, if they want to do a slightly more sort of man-marking job on him if he starts coming forward? It's, it's a fascinating one, really. He's hard to plan for, Alap, isn't he? Because I certainly, thinking back to when we've played him before, I, I seem to remember him playing... I might have, Correct me if I've got this wrong, but as a sort of deep lying playmaker in central midfield. If you look at them, again, I've just been sort of browsing sort of recent results and recent sort of team sheets, but he seemed to have played predominantly left back for Austria games, which a role he was, was was often played for Bayern Munich. He seems to be playing sort of central defence for, for Real Madrid. I mean, he's an incredibly talented and sort of versatile player, but I wonder, like, if we even can be confident where he's going to sort of be put on a pitch. I mean, they've got um, Sabitzer as well playing that sort of number number 10 role behind an Outovich. Um And he would be another sort of danger man. So a lot of the planning, we'll have to rest on assumptions about where Alaba's going to play, which I'm not sure is 
you know, maybe I'm showing my ignorance of sort of the Austrian national team and obviously things can have changed since they last had a competitive game back in the autumn. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see where he does turn up on the pitch. I mean, if he were to play as a sort of, you know, attacking left back, you know, we've got to think carefully about how we sort of protect ourselves down that, down our right hand side. And, you know, it might mean things for the way Connor Roberts, for example, plays and, you know, what Ramsey's role is then, you know. Yeah. And if Leon was here now, he'd be reminding us if he hadn't already um, as how much of the game he controlled when we last played them at home they could could and probably should have been a couple of goals up at half time Coleman makes a switch changes formation and um, okay Ben Woodburn came and sort of saved us um, but Alba that night was 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 the guy that was was making them tick again and that, that's no surprise I think Ramsey was was in that kind of two and it just it just didn't just didn't work, and I think there's just too much space for a player of that of that caliber to to be able to dictate things. One of their players who's withdrawn from the squad today is one of their sort of deeper lying midfielders. So, were it the case that Alaba's previously been playing more in a left back role, I would imagine sort of tactically they may well look at that absence and think, well, he's a versatile player that we could move in and we know would be really effective there. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him sort of reprising that same sort of role. And I 100% agree. I think I. <coughs> I think we, I know we have this discussion a lot, and I just I don't know how many different ways you can say it. it's, just, it's just wrong, isn't it, to say that any Wales team wants a two as with in the midfield with Ramsey as one of those two. You know, I, there's 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 no I don't think any kind of experience or evidence from either his sort of club or international career uh, makes the case for that. Other than it's just like it's a nice idea because it allows you to accommodate other attacking players. It's just you know something that should have been put mm-hmm. to bed years ago frankly I can, rem- yeah, I can remember no, people I, people I, trying to argue that Joe Ledley shouldn't have been in the team years ago because then we could play sort of Ramsey and Allen in a two and we could blah 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 just nonsense <laughs> yeah yeah although ironically and I, this is the thing I always find it funny and apparently he, he's been playing he's been picking up wide positions for, for Rangers uh, recently Ramsey people still kind of rail about him whenever he plays wide because of the number of times that he did under, under Wenger of course yet I don't know. There seems to be a blind spot as to his uh, playing in that in that uh, in a, in a in a in a pair in the middle. In it, that doesn't seem to aggravate yeah. and annoy people to any near the same same degree. Yet, uh, to my mind, I think is uh, I mean neither clearly is his best position, but uh, but he's actually pretty but he's actually pretty effective in that sort of effective, inside yes, right role definitely. far more than than we've ever seen him be as sort of one of a a midfield pair. Yeah. I just like the game I see most. You know, I know this is. Talking more about club football, the game I see most sort of starkly in my head when I think of Ramsey in a pair is that game a few years ago when they got battered by Liverpool, and he was made a real scapegoat that day, as often was the case by fans in the media. And you know, it it wasn't entirely his fault, but he did have a dreadful game. But then he was just so exposed against what was a fantastic Liverpool team. And okay, that's maybe an extreme example, but that sort of thing is possible when you when you when you set up tactically that way. And I think. We've learned enough that the way we set up best with our midfield, I think, over the years, particularly when we're playing opposition who are about on a par with us or better, that we just need to put that conversation to bed. It's, it's a non-starter. The player you were referring to earlier, I think, was uh, that Florian Grilich. Yeah. Um, 33 caps. Uh, so, again, you know, an experienced player for them. Plays for Hoffenheim. They've also lost Dejan uh, Lubacic, uh, only a couple of caps, a bit more of a fringe player, as is Philip Leinhardt. Christopher Trimmel, uh, defenders, 
dropped out as well. 35 again with 20 caps though. So th- th- these aren't, um, although they've, there's a couple of players who've, who, who've started games recently, they don't strike me as, uh, as as core key players for them and certainly not, not for a number of years. I know Lionheart, um, I think Lionheart played their last two qualification mm. games. He was centre-half alongside um, Hinteriger, who's probably their sort of senior centre-back, isn't he? So, you know, that would suggest that someone coming into that role is either, you know, uh, maybe an, an older veteran who doesn't generally get in the team anymore or someone with a bit less experience. So, you know, maybe that's something to consider as well when we're thinking about uh, Bale's role and the way we play. There might be someone who's there to be got at in the heart of their defence. Yeah. Arnautovic, are we still a bit worried about him? Which, which I guess it depends. It's the, it's the old cliche, isn't it? But it, it depends which which Arnautovic turns up, the hungry one or the one that's a bit petulant, off the boil and doesn't affect the game. It's the one-off game, the thing, isn't it? On his day, he's a top, top player and it's a one-off game. It could be his day. He f- fell off my radar a little bit because I think he went to play in, in China, didn't he, um, for yeah. a few years. But he's he's playing for Bologna in Serie A. You know, he's got a, a decent record, I think, nine, ten goals in, in 25 games, which, you know, Serie A being what it is, is not not bad return for a sort of mid-table team. Um, he's only 32, I imagined. He was a bit older than that, to be honest, but he's still, mm, you know, mm. relatively sort of uh, young for a, a, a sort of experienced um, sort of top-level player. So, yeah, I would say that's probably a, a big job for Joe Roden, keeping him him quiet during that game. Um I don't know whether we 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 try to say again that Joe Roden's sort of lack of games at Spurs is a concern. I mean, he seems to be really able to step in and play really well for us, whether he's playing or or not. But this is maybe a another challenge again, given that he's uh, he's not played any more football. I don't think than the last time we we discussed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also on a decent run as well, Anotovic. Um six. Uh, six goals he scored last calendar year, 2021, um, in the nine games that he played. Not the strongest opposition he scored against, Moldova, um, Israel, and they, they shipped five in Israel, um, which seems a bit of a shocker of a result. And he also scored against North Macedonia, of course, at the Euros. So he's playing and he's scoring, and that's, that's, that, that would be, uh, that'd be a little bit of a worry. Particularly if we, we go in a little bit cold with Mepham, Roden's not playing, there's no question, I don't suppose he doesn't start for us. But I mean, every time I look at a Spurs lineup to see how they've gone, uh, he just gets left on the bench. I'm trying to think, I'm struggling to think if he's even stepped off the bench for them in weeks. No. He hasn't, has no, he? No, I don't, I don't think so. I haven't followed very closely the state of their Europe. They're they out of that, the sort of Europa League or whatever it was. I don't know what they've done in that recently, but I mean, even that sort of, they're token token odd games aren't they and you know we had such high hopes for how he might um, kick on a Spurs I think I think probably a move for him in the summer maybe if there doesn't seem to be an obvious sort of route into the first team for him but again it's it's a one-off game and you know he's he's played big one-off performances whilst being a sub at Spurs before so you know fingers crossed he can do that I mean on the on a point of Arnautovic in Austria generally in their sort of form the closer it gets, the sort of maybe a little bit more wary and, <laughs> and nervous I get about it. I remember when we drew them, and, it, and I think we probably felt like home draws and Austria and Ukraine were probably amongst the sort of better teams to get, and it felt really exciting then. Oh, yeah, these, these are winnable games. And then I, you kind of look in the air because Austria finished fourth in their group and they got battered in that game by Israel a while back, and, and they're only there by virtue of the Nations League. But actually... 
They had a decent Euros last year. You know, they won a couple of games in their group. They only got knocked out by Italy in extra time. And then the back end of their um, World Cup qualifying group was comfortable win at home against um, Israel. Win, you know, comfortable win, as you'd expect, over Moldova. And they only lost narrowly to, to Denmark, who we know were a good team. So, yeah, the more you start pouring over their players and their form and Natovic and, and Alaba and people like this, it is going to be a real challenge. It's not going to be um, an easy game. And, you know, little sort of uh, fine margins then around things like Roden's recent sort of match time, you know, I suppose they're gonna they're gonna be something that nags at you a little bit, but you know he's not let us down before, so fingers crossed the no. same again. No, and I guess on the flip side, Nico Williams has come into squads in the past without playing particularly regularly. Um, he's been playing for Fulham. Carter Roberts has been getting games at Burnley finally. Um, obviously, Ben Davis has been playing as well. So uh, I guess you know in some respects, there's probably more games being played by the likely first choice eleven. Than has been the case for a while, oh, I think. 100%. Yeah. I mean, about a year ago on one of these podcasts, I made the point that though we had, I think at the time, we maybe had most of our sort of first-choice players available, at that point, we could only really point at Joe Allen and maybe Dan James. I think it was possibly just after he'd moved to Leeds. And one, you know, one other. I can't even think who it would have would have been. And saying these are the only players playing with any regularity at their club, and that included Ben Davis wasn't at the time. Nico Williams wasn't. Nico Williams wasn't. Ampadu probably hadn't broken fully into regular matches at Venezia. Certainly Ramsey and Bale weren't playing. Uh, Connor Roberts had had his move, I think, to Burnley, but wasn't really playing. So our team from sort of one to eleven was struggling for for games almost. Well. The picture is pretty different now. You know, Wilson's flying, Nico Williams flying at Fulham, Ben Davis back in the team at Spurs, Conor Roberts got in the team at Burnley, like you mentioned. So we do have, you know, for all we are worried about Ramsey, Bale, Roden a little bit, I think we're in a, a strong A position in terms of our first choice 11 playing football than we have been for, for quite a while. And actually, you could make the case now that Ramsey almost sort of counts as a as one of those sort of regular starting players. It would just be nicer if he was a few games further down the road. It'd be good, nice for Wayne Hennessy if he plays, as he surely will, on Thursday, takes him to 99 caps. It would probably be uh, a little bit harsh if he then doesn't play then in the second game um, to get the century, which uh, which would be nice because he's been stuck in the nervous 90s for a while. He looked he looked for a while whether he might even beat Gunter to it. There was a, there was a you know, possibility he might, he might get there, but... Um, uh, even Bale's picked him, of course, but that that'd be a nice, uh, uh, a nice sort of side note for the, for the window. Um, Rabbi Matondo back in the squad, and, and he's been re- doing really, really well out in in Belgium for for Circle Bruges. Hasn't quite happened for him when he's been in the squad, but this is the first time in the squad for almost a year, I think. I, I think I read he was sort of sent home for one as well. So he's he served his sort of time, as it were, outside of the of the squad. Um, Good to good to good to see him back though. Good to, I suppose it's a demonstration of players that you know they can they can find their way back in if they just knuckle down and 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 keep turning on the performances, which of course for him has, has been you know goal scoring performances as well. Yeah, I think whatever poor judgments he may or may not have made in the past, he is a player who seems to have that sort of mentality where he wants to go looking to play football. You know, he's he wanted he sort of went 
was prepared to go out to Germany to Schalke and okay it, it, it hasn't worked out there immediately for him but he's been prepared to come back to Stoke to go to Belgium um, and if one thing hasn't worked out fine is, is to look at the next opportunity and, and this one seems to have been a, a good opportunity you know there uh, he's absolutely flying there he seems to be scoring goals they're sort of mid-table in the Belgian you know top division so all right it's still the Belgian top division but you know it says it's a stronger European league perhaps as, as the one Aaron Ramsey's playing in so um, I think it's you know good for him I think it remains to be seen whether that converts into uh, top level performances in a Wales shirt you know he hasn't had a huge amount of opportunities and I'm sure his time will come if he if he keeps that up but um he's probably a little bit down the pecking order for getting onto the pitch i think in the next certainly for this game maybe be interesting to see if he gets a bit of time uh in the second game um similarly i'd say with uh sorber thomas we've had a nice couple of little um cameos from him a while a few months back i reckon he'd be a nice one to have a look at in the in the second game as well you know, some of these players are maybe not first-team considerations at the moment, but are part of that group who are playing football, who are performing, who are sort of doing well for their clubs. And, you know, they're worth having worth having a look at and seeing if they become options going forward, particularly if we end up, hopefully, having to pick a sort of a World Cup squad. Yeah, I think it would be good to, to see some of those players. And I think in the past, obviously, where there's been the, the three match uh, windows so I'm thinking for example the USA friendly the Mexico friendly certainly um, it's been practically a shadow a shadow 11 um, uh, Chris Gunter's sort of come in so it's not like it's been a, a completely raw and young um, starting 11 that, that Paige has gone with but it's been trying to change things that's the thing as much to do with about managing the squad and the demand on the players obviously over the course of like a you know three match window this is different as we say um, but it would be good to, to, to see a few of those players because I suppose when you count the minutes that several of them have had it's not a lot of minutes of international football even if it's maybe you know seven eight nine caps or whatever um, so Thomas obviously a, a lot a lot fewer uh, talking to goalkeepers though really nice uh, Daniel Bardeni under 21 keeper back um, after his treatment from cancer and I think I saw something that suggested that um, or didn't suggest that said that uh, David Brooks was making good progress um, and of course in all the talk of all this young attacking talent and flair that we've got um, obviously for the last few months he's one that doesn't tend to get mentioned in in dispatches for, for obvious reasons um, but um, hopefully he'll be he'll be back before too long Um yeah, and, wonderful, and wonderful news in um, in both uh, both regards. You know, another another reminder as if it were needed. Uh, you know, there are things bigger and more important than football. But you know, to have that sort of goal for them and as you know, getting back to to where they were in terms of their careers, that would be wonderful to see. Indeed, indeed. Mention Nico. I think when we when we did the transfer window review episode, we all felt that. Him going to Fulham was a really, really good move, not just for the fact that he was going to be or likely to be getting some regular games, but a team that's you know got attacking flair in abundance, um, playing full of confidence. Um, and it seems to have started really, really well for him, just kind of audacious finishes, audacious efforts from halfway, just seems to be just growing and growing and growing. Really looking forward to seeing him on Thursday because, and I remember you saying, yeah, it's all well and good, you know, being amazing as he was against like Belarus, but oh, you know, it's Belgium next game and, uh, you know, we'll need to, you know, it's a massive step up and um, he played every bit as well, if is uh, my memory. 
Yeah, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I thought that discussion we'd had around would he get caught out sort of defensively against bigger teams? You know, he'd had a bit of a at least one difficult game in the Euros, but you know, was really put to get put to bed. He was a massive standout performer for us in those two um, double headers, and yeah, I mean, he's going to just very very quickly become an indispensable player for us for us of absolutely no doubt. And I think the way he's just sort of hit the ground running at Fulham shows that. You know he's a a very good Premier League player in the making. You know he's he's already shown he's 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 a bit too good for Championship level. While Fulham as a whole really are at the moment. Reporting this week on a couple of websites that he'd be keen to go there permanently, and you know, perhaps that's uh, something we might see happen over the summer if and when they they go up. You know those same sort of um, articles are talking about if a team's prepared to pay about 12 million for him, which I would suggest it seems like a bit of a bit of a bargain. Twelve million pounds can be a bargain for people our age, but <laughs> you can still remember <laughs> five hundred thousand yeah. pound transfer fees. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think um, I think I'm really really pleased with how things have worked out at Fulham, and he seems to be really happy and glad that he's made that sort of choice to go and play some some football. You know, it's something we've speculated a lot to what extent are players who get the odd game in the FA Cup for a top team like Liverpool, but find themselves on the bench or even play in sort of under 23 football how long do you sort of wait that out before you sort of go and play some some regular football i think he's you know he's 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 done the right thing for for himself and for wales in the last uh last couple of months for sure is it with your kind of city hat on um gaz there was uh, i'm obviously ruben Cogwell's in the in the squad not expecting him necessarily to um, to figure so you know figure on Thursday, might get a run out in the in the other game. Talk with this Isaac Davis maybe getting into the squad. He's only made it into the under twenty ones. Mark Harris is in the full squad though, admittedly. Um, if someone's not too hot on Isaac Davis, what what do we what do we need to know about him? Yeah, he's a really sort of um, exciting prospect. I think he can probably count himself pretty unlucky. You think that Harris is in? Harris hasn't really featured and, and performed particularly impressively for for Cardiff in recent weeks. I mean, I know he's got he's got the advantage of maybe having a couple of decent cameos for Wales under his belt, but I think of of the two um, playing in that sort of oh, support strike or or, or in off the wide player um, alongside sort of Hugo, it's been a lot of the time recently. You know, he's probably the one who's looked brightest. You know, he's had a couple of really really good games he's he's another one a bit like Colwell who's come through a bit of a old style manager dressing down and public criticism from mm. the from the manager but it seems to have used it to to spur him on so I think you know he, he's certainly going to be a good player for Cardiff over the next um couple of years but as much as you know I enjoy the contribution they're making at, at City at the moment I think Colwell and Davis and Harris Probably none of them are players who are likely to come and have a big impact, you know, in the next couple of of Wales games. I'd be surprised if any, you know, any of them, even if Davis were to get picked in a future squad, get a huge amount of time on the pitch because, you know, there are currently players um, players ahead of them. But yeah, I think he can probably feel feel a little bit unlucky when compared to Colwell and Harris in terms of the amount of games he's had at Cardiff and how well he's been doing. Because when I, the first couple of times I saw him, I thought, oh, you know, here we go. It's another slightly small, wide player, flair player potentially, of whom we've got a lot. But it's actually, from what I've seen anyway, I mean, I've seen less than, than, than Cardiff City fans. 
there does seem to be a bit of like a physicality to him as well. So although he is on the smaller side, he, he does seem to be able to use his body well. I watched him in the cup game. He scored. I think he scored the win. I think it was his was that the I think it was his first um, Cardiff goal. You know, he's able to hold the ball up well. And, and and put himself about, and it was like an indus- industriousness to him as well, which I I, I, I quite liked as well. It reminded me a little bit of Reese Lawrence and Davis actually. Again, looks potentially sort of first glance small, but actually he's quite quite strong and yeah, and, yeah, and, and that, a hard I mean, worker. You're, you're sort of spot on with that. He's very sort of busy, very industrious, and adaptable in terms of his his role as well. You know, he's been playing sort of much more advanced since sort of Morrison took over you know more like a sort of striker you even see times when he's sort of on the shoulder of defenders and you know so he is a slightly different type of option certainly compared to to, to Colwell you know we, we gave Colwell a bit of a go didn't we in one game almost like a centre forward which really isn't his his role at Cardiff when he's in the team you know Isaac Davis probably would suit that um you know a little bit more but um yeah I think he's he's definitely promising a good goal against um QPR the other day so yeah, if not for this squad, one certainly one to keep an eye eye out for maybe in the Nations League, and you know wouldn't it wouldn't certainly wouldn't be fanciful to suggest could be looking at ways to get himself into contention for the possibility of World Cup squads. But given Joe Morales suspended and obviously can't so can't play against Austria, so it was only going to be available for a friendly, and we know what he can do. You've mentioned it already. Did this strike me as maybe there's a vacancy for? an Isaac Davis uh, or maybe even a I don't know maybe like an Owen Beck or someone like that to step up from the 21s they've obviously got a game themselves as as well I appreciate but uh, yeah I thought it was a slight surprise yeah I, I just wonder if it's maybe that there are other fringe players who maybe still it's felt warrant their place in the squad who perhaps aren't likely to feature against Austria mm. but may well play in a second game Norrington Davis for example with the emergence of Sorba Thomas and Nico Williams becoming more important and he's fallen out of contention a little bit so I say there's a good chance maybe he gets a game on on Tuesday similarly with like with Ravi Matondo coming back in you can imagine maybe it was maybe a bit of an either or um with them you know if you start to think that maybe in the second game if Colwell to get to be able to get in a few minutes or maybe a start Sorba Thomas Matondo Harris potentially there's already quite a few players in that squad to accommodate, and maybe it was felt that they were they were all players who were worthy of another another go based on previous times with Wales. And I think maybe the exceptions were Matondo who'd been out for a while, and Davis who was now emerging. And I, yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it came down just to one or the other. Yeah, guys, appreciate your time. My voice is struggling. We're going to be hearing from the other Bundesliga boys in a bit. Uh, Hugh Davis as well. But um, yeah, we'll maybe catch up. All being well after the game to review it, maybe look ahead to whoever it is that we are playing the week following. The end of that week then is also a massive fixture for the women's team. The under-21s are in action. Um, so yeah, busy, busy, busy. Just a quick reminder that we now have a Patreon page where you can subscribe to any one of four tiers, ranging from £2 to £10 a month. There's a range of exclusive content coming your way, as well as some other perks and offers, not least a 10% discount on purchases with exquisitely Wrexham-based artist Liam Stokes-Massey, aka Pencil Craftsman. Just head over to www.patreon.com forward slash podcast underscore peldroid. So that was mine and Gareth's views on how we think Thursday is going to pan out. It's welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Hugh Davis, how are you, sir? Hello. Well, I mean, I'm kind of joining the COVID, COVID special, I think, aren't I? Yes. 
Last time I was on here, you mentioned I sounded, I think, husky because I was trying to keep my voice down or I had a cold or something. So clearly you only invite me on when I'm offering some sort of <laughs> baritone. <laughs> yeah, this is our... Uh... This is our night's edition, uh, <laughs> special, special for, uh, for, for for Patreons. Yeah, I hope it. Um, I hope it's not uh, got you down too much these last few days, as it has me. It's not been too bad. It's, it's difficult in terms of um, juggling four people in a household, all all with varying stages of COVID. Uh, but in terms of my own personal health, it, I, I'm quite lucky. I think I've not. It's it's cold. You know, it's cold symptoms, and I feel knackered a lot. But it's nothing like some of the real problems people have had. You was no, yes, no, and like, like, likewise. But uh, yeah, I had a little doze this afternoon, um, so I can't confess to be over all of the noises out of camp. But having said that, today's the Monday, obviously, guys, and I recorded last night on the Sunday. Um, it, it seems reassuringly quiet well, we've and three eventful. Days here, we? Three days left. <laughs> well, yes, let's not count our chickens, but um, um, it, it's... I'm trying to think back. It, 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 it's rare that it tends to be this this uneventful, and I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, I, I do wonder if that's because this, it could end up being a calm before the storm. Because um, if it, I mean anecdotally, at least, it feels like we've got more COVID cases among people I know than at any previous point in the pandemic, and I think it's kind of spreading a bit in Wales and Austria. Have lost four players, th- three key players, and a fourth due to COVID cases who aren't going to be playing. So I kind of, I mean, hopefully they're all joined up now. It'll be okay. But I kind of wonder if we're going to hear about a couple of unavailabilities before Thursday. But, you know, obviously at the moment, given what it could be, yeah, as you say, it's been joyfully quiet on that front. I think the only doubt is um, Bale, but Bale's always a doubt really, isn't he? And I think it's only kind of a doubt as to whether he'd start. It's, he'll still be involved. Yeah, so how would you... How would you... Knowing what we know now, and if the game was you know kicking off in an hour or two, what would you uh, what would you be doing? Starting with him, seeing what we got out of him, or hold him back a little bit and unleash him in the event that we need him. I'm so torn on it because, like, I mean, obviously part of it is how fit he is because he's kind of come with a, a, a bit of a bad back, like the song. <laughs> he says he's got a bad back, um, but um, and and Ancelotti said after that kind of humiliation to Barcelona last night that um, he. Uh, Kind of, did, I think the words he used was he didn't feel well yesterday after training. He wasn't up to playing, and like he's going to join up with Wales, and they'll decide whether he plays or not. But I think that could be more of the usual cat and mouse between him and his club about priorities, their priorities, his priorities, and so on. Mm. But I mean, like since August and what we're in March now, so that's such a time he's played like less than ninety minutes total of club football. And that's just insane. Like, yeah. and so one worry I have with starting him is that whether Page has the kind of... I mean, Page is a strong-minded bloke and they know him well, but whether he has the cojones to take Bale off after an hour if the game's tight. And if he plays 90 minutes, does he play 120 and so on? And is he going to kind of break down at some point in there? So I I kind of would be tempted to start with him on the bench because we've just got so many inform attacking options. And my worry slightly is that... Um, as we've occasionally done in the past, they all sit on the bench until there's 10, 10 minutes left and then don't have a chance. Like I, I think Brennan Johnson would be a fantastic player to start and really scare Austria and get at them, but I don't think he's going to fit into what we would do, uh, what Page would want to do if, if Bale and Ramsey are both playing. I guess to a certain extent he doesn't need to make a decision, does he? He's got another couple of days worth of training to, mm. um, to, 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 see, how he, to see how he goes. 
Um, so the extent to which Ramsey, you know, how fit is Ramsey coming into camp and how many minutes can we expect out of him also kind of influences his thinking as well, I guess. So I think like with some other teams, people would kind of say, well, you can start one, you don't start both. You know, you can't have two injury doubts starting at the same time. But the thing with Bale and Ramsey is they work so well together, as we saw kind of at times of the Euros last year. Like, ideally, you know, you kind of have one replacing the other. Well, not ideally, but you know what I mean. But Bale and Ramsey work so well together as a two, but then you have the same issue again. Like, can you really take both off after an hour? Can you bring both on? What if one of them then breaks down through injury? It's such a, a real question mark on that front. I'd be more inclined to start Ramsey than Bale. I think we have, although Ramsey takes up a really attacking position for us, I, I think we've got um, more forward options than we have kind of I was going to say world-class. I think Ramsey's on his day is still world-class, but kind of real quality central midfield options. So given the option, I'd do one of those. But so much, of it, so much of it just depends on what Page wants to do tactically, to be honest with you. Also, we're missing morale. So, you know, if, if it's not Ramsey starting, then you you know making almost two changes in the middle. Uh, mm. One's enforced um, through suspension. The other, you know, maybe you know, in order to accommodate, you know, again, that, that, that scenario there, is it one or other? So um, yeah, I think you. I think we'd start with with Ramsey, and I think the fact that he did get you know a, a decent amount of minutes under his belt on the weekend against Dundee, he scored. I mean, it was a it was an easy finish. Let's be honest, but he celebrated as if he'd you know unleashed one in from thirty five yards. You could see how much that goal meant, far and above and beyond the the, the sort of the, the caliber, the quality of it. So yeah, that that's important, and I think I think that probably edges it. In our, in, our, in our minds. I think that it basically depends on what Paige wants to play of the two options. I'm going to put this to you and to the listener. <laughs> and that's whether we'd rather play a back three or a back four. And it kind of always comes back to that simply because if we play a back four, kind of like four three three, then you're going, all right, so yeah, bail through the middle and then we've got these attacking wide options like Brennan Johnson and Harry Wilson can really, you know, um, actually from the start, get at them a little bit rather than just maybe having a cameo at the end and Ramsey can play in that system really well so you know that's that's exciting but um the downsides of that being you know it's, it's Ben Davis at left back it's not quite as dynamic as um when we have Nico there and then you've got would you play Nico or Connor Roberts at right back and there's, there's kind of options with that I like the 4-3-3 but that's an issue or and this is what I suspect Page will do the kind of back five is used a few times with Nico Williams flying up the left Kind of on his wrong foot, but his, his left foot's very good anyway. But the problem with that is you've got only really two attacking players, and then that just means in automatically Bale and James will start. If you're playing 5 3 2, 5 to 3, whatever, and Ramsey's one of them, because it, it won't just be Ramsey and one other midfielder, it will definitely be two midfielders plus Ramsey. Um, are you, and I can't see any way that Page wouldn't just start Bale and James as that too, as he has done before. So then you're not starting. Brennan Johnson, our most informed, exciting, attacking forward, or Harry Wilson, our second, well, or arguably even first most attacking, exciting, informed forward, and then I'm just kind of you, kind of wondering whether um, whether we're leaving ourselves a little bit stale. But then you play Nico, so essentially, <laughs> then what do you do? do? Do you do you sacrifice an attacker for Nico, or do you do you kind of go with the solidity? I mean. A, 5 3 2 is going to have basically three centre backs and two relatively defensive midfielders. So that's the question for me, I think. What Page wants to do there? 
Yeah, and, and but in, in in both those scenarios, of course, it, it, it is a question of who replaces Morel. Is it Ampadu mm. stepping out? If it is, you're moving Ben Davis across. You know, Roden's not played many games. Who comes in? Do we go with Cabango for his first start in a proper, you know, meaningful, competitive game? Mepham doesn't have enough minutes. I think the platform at the back is something that is a concern for Page from game to game. Mm. Not enough minutes um, under the belt for each of them. Not so much a question of, you know, he's, he's not really sort of chopped and changed. I mean, James Lawrence came in, did okay out in Belgium. Um, obviously, Mepham comes in. I mean, Lockie's had a couple of games, although not recently. So it's not like it's a completely sort of change of personnel. So partnerships are beginning to develop, notwithstanding that the goalkeepers in force change in this instance. But yeah. the, 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 you know, the, 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 the solidity of that platform, I think, is something that does concern him. Um, you know, and as a centre back himself, with a decent number of international caps under his belt as well, he knows he knows a little bit about that side of the game clearly. So, I think that affects his thinking as well going forward. And I think that's the that's what militates against a four three three, especially with Davis having played so much at uh, yeah. centre back as well. And so suddenly, you know, the one the one defender who has been playing regularly yeah. um, ends up being ends up being ends up being sort of sacrificed a little bit, and it does seem a little bit. A little bit silly, particularly when you just say, as you said, you've got Nico in such sort of terrific, terrific form. That's my only concern. Like, I, I would like that system in general, but there's no way that it's three four three with Ramsey in a two. He'll definitely want you know those two central midfielders, with, which means that you, you've got room for two forwards, and that's it. And um, it's James is going to be one of them, and it seems unlikely that he would play. Um, James and another kind of nippy lad is, is going to be someone more like Bear, especially with Kiefer Moore absent. So, I mean, look, it, it, this could work brilliantly. And then the idea of bringing on Johnson and um, Wilson as well, Thomas perhaps after an hour, you know, might terrify them, but it does kind of limit you somewhat, I think, um, just that does that dy- dynamism. But we'll see. I mean, um, Morel's absence is, is quite a bit, but I, I'm not worried about Ampadu stepping into midfield so much as who the extra centre-back is, because, yeah, I do worry a little bit about Meps, about Mepham these days. Um, and the goalkeeping, I mean, the goalkeeping issues, the one time Danny Ward is, like, he's made himself, well, not the one time, he's made himself our number one now. And then um, we've got the question of, I mean, it, I suspect it will be Hennessy because Adam Davis hasn't played much either, but Adam Davis finally gets some minutes under his belt and then makes another disastrous move. I don't know who's advising him, but he just keeps going really, he keeps making the wrong move at the wrong time. So if he'd been playing all season, as opposed to not playing since December, I think it is, then I'd have picked him. But now it's a question mark. You don't wonder whether all our goalkeepers share the same inept agent, do they? Because I mean, they, all, they all seem to make some questionable decisions and, and judgment calls about their, their club careers. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I can't think of a single one who's kind of. But oh, actually, actually, the exception actually. So we could have been finally in a position to probably not start him out of nowhere, but Chris well, Maxwell, yeah. who's like actually Blackpool's captain and has been and was brilliant for them in their promotion season and everything, and now he's injured, so he's not an option either. So they're really a fair. I mean, our only regular playing keeper is in League Two, uh, which we've had before. There's Tom King now, Salford, but. Yeah, just one one comes in, one drops out. The the Davis situation, like, oh, he's finally getting minutes. Fantastic. Oh, he's moved to Sheffield United. Oh, that's okay. He'll get our oh, ways behind Wes Fodderingham, uh, former Rangers and um, others. Like, it's not really, uh, not really good enough. That's not fair. It's not our club to decide, but it's pretty disastrous for us again. 
I mean, would you? Yeah. Is it going to be Hennessy for you? I'd be tempted to say Davis, but I suppose Hennessy has the experience of playing with this line, but he's played so little football. Yeah, and I think when he has come in, and he's he's not played a huge amount of football for probably what three seasons now. Mm. Well, this would be the third the third season when that's been the case, and I don't think he's let us down when he's come in. So I think that's. Um, yeah, I, I'd be amazed if he if he went with anything 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 different. I'm kind of okay with that. I think I just kind of rather resigned to it now, rather ambivalent about it. Yes, it would be good if they were playing regularly at at at, at, at high level. The the performance levels from either of them, whenever they've come in, has never really dipped. I mean, obviously, you know, Ward made that huge mistake in um, in the Czech Republic, but. Overall, I thought he had a really, really good Euros. Uh, I was surprised he wasn't spoken of more in dispatches. Yeah, I think right. it's because there were, you know, there were two or three keepers who had stellar. And we went out the last sixteen um, as well. I think in the group stages, pe- people said the group went, stages yeah. would be one of the best keepers. But then you ship four, and it's kind of well, that's that gone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But um, you know, I thought he did really, really well. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I think. You know, if if a lack of football was going to affect his and the same for Hennessy's their international performances, we would have seen that now, and it clearly mm. doesn't and and, and isn't. Um, so yeah, it is it is what it is. It's not ideal, but there's other there's other there's other bits of the squad that cause me some headaches, mainly in the middle as well. I, I got to be this in, in in midfield. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about who's. I mean, he's not had a great. Season since his move to Bayern, but kind of who's tracking Sabitzer in the middle or Sabitzer? I'm not sure which way you pronounce it. Because um, he's just a very, very, very good player who's played a lot of football for them as well. And someone's got to watch him carefully. And if it's Allen as the only kind of, because I mean, there's talk of oh Harry Wilson will play central midfield like he has before, and you're like, watch oh, that's ballsy. <laughs> someone's got to watch Sabitzer as well as the other star players. The good news, though, the good news is I wasn't expecting. Connor Roberts to suddenly play a lot of football and play it well at Burnley and Austria's kind of left side is probably their strongest side so I'd be more worried if like we had Nico as the only option at right back just because he's so good at an attack but I've got a lot of faith in Connor Roberts and he's up against you know their arguably I don't know about two best players but two of their best players in Baumgarten I mean Alaba's actually David Alaba's actually had a pretty torrid time of it lately and he's been playing at centre-back anyway so I'm not as worried about him as I was, especially having after he had an absolutely shocking um, classico. I'll say that now. He's going to print it on the dressing room wall. I'm sure he's listening to this now. But I've said he's, he's had a terrible time of it. it they'll be doing the research. <laughs> but um, yeah, Alaba and Baumgartner on their left is kind of the the bit that's a little worrying. So the fact that Connor Roberts is playing and generally playing pretty well is a kind of almost unexpected boost. Cause I mean, what was it? November, December, he was in hospital, wasn't he? And mm. had barely played for Burnley. And that just looked like another really serious issue. And thankfully seems to be past it. And seemed to be an upturn in, in their fortunes. The moment he got into the, first team as well yeah not a coincidence in my mind but I mean we're biased aren't we <laughs> yeah yeah it just seems to string a couple of results together as soon as you got into the team which yeah would be interesting to know if there's I'm not sure of any Burnley fans uh, amongst amongst listeners or many in the red wall for that matter but um, they've gone off Loughton a bit I think so I think they were really pleasantly surprised when Roberts came in and looked good to be honest but, um, I know it sounds a bit of a, a kind of cliche and a bit more than cliche so it's like management speak but he does bring really good energy Mm. And, and clearly, his, his fitness is is phenomenal. I mean, he doesn't stop running, and and that industry is part of his game. But it's it's the non kind of physical form of energy, if you like. It's that kind yeah. of just really kind of ebullient, um, 
you know, talking a lot, you know, in the referee's ear, brings a lot of energy to our play, which I think is terrific. Which which Nico does on the other side as well. Cheekbones, both them actually serious cheekbones as well. well. I mean, that's that's two very handsome full wax you'll there for different reasons. I think <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing that can intimidate an opposition as well. I think. I wasn't joking when I said this was a knight's edition of the podcast. Just, <laughs> I mean, just like, be, just before you go off on a, on a, on a tangent, there, it means, <laughs> when, we, it means when, we need to add a, a, an age an age certificate to this, a parental <laughs> guidance note or something. Well, when Connor Roberts scored against um, Ireland in that fantastic four 0 win, there was a great picture of him um, celebrating with Brooks and Ampadu, and um, he just he looked like he'd um, been out at Oceana or something. Actually, Oceana doesn't exist anymore. I'm showing my age there. At insert. Well, Cardiff nightclub here. He's, I think, he's broken some hearts in his time. <laughs> does he go to nightclubs? I think he just goes home to his little workshop. He doesn't. doesn't he's, he? He, yeah, he he doesn't. He's a um, he does uh, fix up cars. I think in his spare time, or possibly carpentry. carpentry. He's, yeah, and he's teetotal. It's all very um, yeah, very yeah. straight laced. He's, he's more likely to give you a love spoon, a self carved love spoon, <laughs> rather than rather than break. Rather than a loving spoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yes. Again, <clears throat> uh, I was only joking. <laughs> So that's okay, is it? It's no, it is good. I think he's important. He is important for us, um, and mm. uh, and I, and I think I, I think it's I think it's quite telling actually that as good as Nico has been playing for us, he's had to he's had to, almost had to be accommodated over on the left because Roberts has become mm. I would say undroppable. But that was going to be a massive call if you sort of said, "Okay, we need to get Nico in the team." Sorry, Connor, it's going to be at your expense. I think that I think that speaks volumes. For, yeah, for absolutely, Connor, he's so reliable. Um, with with you know Chris Gunter still in the squad as well, of course. Um, I wonder if he might be a, a bold call at the in the middle at the back. Um, if there's any issues around, I love fitness. him, but I, yeah, I love him, but I I kind of always hope not. If you see what I mean, that sounds really harsh, but you know what I mean. I mean if. I would have happily had Ampadu in that other spot, but as you say, he's got to kind of replace Morel in the middle. Now. Mm. Is that what you expecting him to, to come in? You're not expecting Levitt to get a uh, get a go, maybe? <sighs> he does. I mean, he. I don't think he loves Levitt as much as Giggs loved Levitt, but um, that's not. Sure. I mean, I don't think it'll be Volks. I don't think it'll be. Um, actually, there's not that many central no. midfield options there, are there? No, I, th- I think it probably will be Ampadu and um, and Meps at the back. Yeah, I think the. Uh, the current plan is in the next couple of years to field an entirely Cardiff City eleven because Steve Morrison has decided to um, pick all Welsh players, which is wonderful because Cardiff have not had much of a kind of pathway to the first team, and it's a bit of hit and miss about who who's good and who isn't. I mean, Colwell would be ahead of a surprise pick here, but it's nice to have that option as someone who's just going to kind of polite, I said, politely bully someone. He's very kind of self-effacing, but also burly and a bit strong, yeah. and just will occasionally. Twang one in from twenty yards and then air kick the next ball. So it's an option, which is interesting. So I'm going to throw something here at you, and I think it's not something I've heard a huge amount about. Um, is you know the prospect of penalties on Thursday night mm. means that you know talk of us starting with a player and seeing how many minutes we can get out of him. Who do we bring on? Actually, means that we could end up with players like Colwell, uh, like Johnson, like Wilson. Talent, form, you know, exciting young players, but we could be asking them to really show their temperament by having to take some penalties in a shootout to get us. We have no part way. We have no to World Cup, and and that's that's the worry. I mean, do we know about some of these? I mean, do we know if Nico Williams is a penalty taker? Do we know if uh, Brennan Johnson is a penalty taker? I think it's almost unknown territory um, for a lot of them. I think Johnson's never taken one at senior level. 
um, because I look at this, this kind of stuff, transfer marks is very good for this kind of listing penalties and who takes them. It doesn't list shootouts, so I couldn't say for certain. Uh, so I'll probably be shown up by somebody. Points out that Johnson's taken one this season, but um, he's not taken one in kind of regular football, if you like. Actually, I mean, I, I wouldn't ever suggest that Wales make a kind of first 11 selection based on penalty takers, but this actually would be an impact of if Bale and Ramsey both start and have to come off, there are only two penalty takers. We've seen Alan take one for us before and miss. Yeah. Uh, Ledley scored the follow-up, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I would trust Wilson with a penalty. As I say, I've mentioned um, Ramsey, Ramsey Bale. I, I mean, I, I would trust James with a penalty because there's no one else. Will Volks is actually an excellent penalty taker, so he'd be someone we could bring in in the last minute but there's just no one else really I mean we're, we're talking already fringe players in, in Volks of our regular lineup. if you say that we ended the game with what you'd imagine we're going to have about three inexperienced penalty takers there so it's in our interest if it gets to I mean I don't know what Austria's record is to be fair but um, if it's the 115th minute to actually try and win that game I think in my opinion even though that's not something that many people would would suggest I mean I wouldn't necessarily expect Hennessy to save many either Am I imagining this or did he fluff one in a shootout for Palace I think he's this one before yeah I think that does ring a bell although um, there's there's kind of contingency planning and there's planning your 11th penalty taker ahead of a game's even started so I suppose we could take him off for Davis if it comes down to that last minute if we still got that sub left the the Kepper Aretha Balaga style which worked out so well for them well yeah yeah um, so yeah so um, Hugh I'm really grateful for your time I'm going to be joining this a bit more regularly from, um, from 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 now on as well introduced you a bit earlier by saying uh, it's been reassuringly quiet today in terms of noises coming out of camp and injuries and unavailability and I've ended it by basically saying that we stand no chance in a penalty shootout if we get there so if it helps I have felt more confident during the conversation of our chances in the game I'm more confident than I was but not in a shootout <laughs> but it's got to be done in 120 or ideally 90 minutes exactly yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm I think I'm with you on that one um, might have to stick some noise out on Twitter as well as to who the who are first choice all, all, all things being equal availability etc a first choice you know five penalties are because then this is the order isn't it that nuance and this is uncharted territory for us I and mean, we've never come anywhere close to really needing penalties previously um, fortunately unfortunately who knows is it too late to call up Billy Bowden and late and lace his dad's ghost to rest uh, yeah yeah which um which S4C and Scorry have, have, have tapped yes. into wonderfully with their uh, brow, Brown Bowden trailer. Um, they're yes, definitely tapping into something there, but I mean, I hope that whatever druids and elemental beings that they might have summoned in that ad, um, they've kept them on side <laughs> and they haven't <laughs> angered them. Um, no. So uh, yeah, no, it's going to be um, it's going to be exciting, and um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, you, you and and I for that matter, but uh, you are hundred uh, percent fully match fit and fighting fit to yep. make the Pending most of negative it. negative tests, I'll be there. Yes, no, likewise. I might be the one smelling a lot of Vicks, vapour rub. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Hugh, uh, absolute pleasure as always. And uh, looking forward to you um, being a bit more of a regular contributor. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everyone. So now to wrap this episode up, we're going to hear from Tom Midler from the other Bundesliga podcast, the English language podcast that looks at all things Austrian football. And uh, Tom kindly uh, shared some thoughts um, in response to questions that we'd sent over, patrons had sent over to him as well. Uh, you can give these guys a follow on Twitter and Instagram at other Bundesliga. 
Hi, it's Tom here from the other Bundesliga. Thanks for having me on podcast Peldroid. I'm here, of course, to talk about Wales versus Austria. What is David Alaba's current role in the team? Well, David Alaba's role in the team has been a bit of a sore subject for Austria of late. For Bayern, he was one of the best left-backs in the world for years. But for Austria, he's rarely been able to have the same level of impact. And he's featured a lot in various positions in different midfield setups and defensively too. Our hope now is that his new role as a sort of playmaking, building centre-back at Real Madrid... Hopefully that will suit Austria more than his previous club roles did. He started very well at Real, but they did get turned over 4-0 by Barca recently, so that won't have done Alaba much good in the build-up to this one. But still, fingers crossed that uh, he can turn up and be very, very useful indeed for Austria, from our point of view at least. Marco Arnautovic. Which Arnautovic are you expecting to turn up in Cardiff? The unplayable one or the uninterested one? Well, Marko Arnautovic is a tough player to quantify. It's been that way for his whole career, really. But if Cardiff turns into a cauldron of atmosphere, then you'd sort of expect him to relish the role of the villain, really. But if Wales stamp their authority on the game and they don't let Austria into the game, then we could see a very passive Arnautovic. So it's very, very hard to say, but uh, he could easily be the hero for Austria and uh, the villain for Wales. But he could also be very passive as well, depending on how the game goes. Who else should Wales fans be watchful of? Um, any young players, for instance, or anybody new to the squad? Well, Sasha Kalajic has been making his way into the squad over the last few years. A very dangerous goal scorer, very tall player, good with his feet, um, good finishing as well. He's done very well in Austria colours as well as he's done in Stuttgart colours in the German Bundesliga. But the player that I'll pick out is Christoph Baumgartner, the attacking midfielder from Hoffenheim. He scored a vital winner in Austria's last Euro 2020 group game against Ukraine. And generally, he's just great to watch in the Bundesliga, carries the ball really well and can now pass and finish very effectively in the final third. A young talent and a potential game changer in terms of goals or assists for Austria if he has a good day. Given Austria were arguably outplayed by Scotland at home recently, how did the Austrian press or fan base react to being drawn against Wales? The way that people saw it over here was that the draw against Wales was seen as a positive, but that's mostly because it wasn't against Italy or Portugal, and uh, the draw also meant that the final would be in Vienna if Austria win the first, uh, first round of the playoff. So from all the potential draws out there, this one was a good one. But that being said, it doesn't mean that anybody thinks that this will be easy or perhaps even expects Austria to win here. I think there's just more a knowledge overall that it is a winnable game if Austria can do everything the way that they want to. And uh, on the whole, as a draw, that has to put it down as as quite a good one, uh, at least an OK draw compared to the other potential outcomes. Franco Foda was quoted earlier in the week as saying that he expected to have a lot of the ball but uh, Wales would be looking to counter as they have a lot of pace up front. How have Austria fared against pace and counter-attacking sides recently? In terms of facing counter-attacking sides, Austria, not that long ago at all, all uh, too familiarly to many Austria fans, they got torn to shreds on the counter really by an excellent Denmark side, just just ripped them apart on the counter-attack, a 4-0 win for Denmark in Austria, in Vienna, a real bruising one for the Austrian team. They've learned a bit since then so as to avoid getting caught out so badly 
by pace on the break. The defence definitely learned a few things that day. The midfield too, perhaps Franco Foda as well with his selection and with his formation and the style um, that uh, hasn't been so bad since then. So they, they seemingly learned a little bit from that game. But that type of tactic could definitely still be effective against Austria if Wales can use it to their advantage. The big thing about that type of play, allowing Austria to have lots of the ball and, and looking to hit them on the counter, is that if you allow Austria to have lots of the ball, but you don't allow them to do much with it, the team will have to remain very, very disciplined then so as to not get frustrated. Um, it's been 50-50 of late whether that's worked out or not, because actually if Austria are racking up around you know 60-65% possession, but not turning that into many shots or chances, that's sort of been their Achilles heel of, uh, of the last few years. So they'll see that happening over and over again. And even if that's what Wales wants to happen... Austria might start feeling like that's a real deficiency of their own, that they've got a lot of the ball and they're not able to create much. So that could be a, a bit of a problem for them in a way and, and maybe another benefit for Wales. So we don't really know which Austria will turn up in that regard, but definitely an interesting tactical battle to, to look for there if Wales do try and play on the counter and use their pace. Are you guys still down on Foda? Do you think another coach would be capable of doing a better job? Franco Foda has statistically been a very good Austria coach, but people just aren't enjoying the way that he's got this team playing football it's not being particularly fun to watch it doesn't make the most of the attacking talents that Austria have but on the whole a good Euros brought him some time and really with the budget available to the Austrian FA the big question is who else would do a better job right now and there just isn't a long list of people queuing up to be honest he'll have to do for these qualifiers but you do often feel like Franco Foda is just one game away from the end of his Austria tenure what about the squad pullouts recently? Will any of these players be particularly missed? So Grilich, Leinhardt, Trimmel and Lubicic are all out with illness at late notice for Austria and Danso now, one of the replacements, is out as well. The first three players, Grilich, Leinhardt and Trimmel, have all made some kind of important contributions to the squad in recent months and uh, from the Euros time onwards. So Foda will miss them. You know, they're pe people that he would have uh, relied on at least from the bench, if not all starters. But especially Grilich, who probably would have been part of that starting eleven. He's an important midfielder, an important part of the Hoffenheim trio in the Austria squad as well. And that Hoffenheim trio is three players who really know how to play together from defence to attack that has now been broken up because Grilich is missing the replacements are old hands Ilsanka and Schöpf who are classic conservative Franco Foda choices for the Austria team so there's not too much to be said about them really but the interesting call is to bring back Andy Weiman seven years after his last Austria cap he could be a bit of a wild card and he plays just down the road at Bristol City as well and he's having a very strong season in terms of goal scoring so Andy Weiman the late call up one to watch and one who many Austria fans hoped would be in the team in the first place finally the score prediction well the prediction it's always so tough in playoffs especially in a game like this where it's going to be really really tense we know that the atmosphere in Wales and the quality of the Welsh team makes them the favourites but we'll have to be hopeful for Austria who've got a lot of talent in their side too if they can bring it out we'll have to be hopeful for them and say 1-0 to Austria and uh, predict that they're going to bring this final this World Cup qualifying playoff final back to Vienna.